This episode of the Business Samurai Podcast is brought to you by Lamar Marie Popcorn. You can get now one bag and get a second bag for half off with the code BARKER at checkout. So if you like your snacks a little sweet, a little salty, a little mixture of both, go check out LamarMarie.com and all of the flavors that they have for your next snacking sensation. That is LamarMarie.com with code BARKER at checkout for buy one, get one, half off. If you know your business needs to be more secure, but don't know how it drives value, and you hate all of the technical mumbo jumbo, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the C Word for Business podcast, where cash is king and the C stands for cyber. The only cybersecurity related podcast aimed at you, the business leader, to cut past the jargon and help you with cyber risk management in terms you will understand. Business. You will learn the best tech-related metrics to track, how communication is the lifesaver when it comes to cyber, and how good policy will fix the weak link when it comes to security. People. Listen in on conversations with world-class business leaders and how they manage risk. We will deconstruct their processes on how they choose to protect themselves, their team, and customers. You are stepping into a world of proactive business with your hosts, AJ Orr and John Barker. Welcome to the C Word in Business podcast. I am your host, John Barker, and always with me is AJ Orr. AJ, how's it going, man? Good, John. How about yourself, man? Excellent. Excellent. Super excited today because we are going international. Are you I ready? I love it. Are you ready? I love it. I'm excited. So we have a special guest for you today, hailing all the way from the exotic land of British Columbia, Canada. We have Dominic Vogel is the founder and chief strategist of Cyber SC, providing cybersecurity advisory services to startups, investors, and small and mid-sized businesses. Dominic is co-host of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Dominic is a sought-after speaker with numerous television, radio, podcast, webinar appearances, including hosting the 2020 Cyber Talks Cybersecurity Awards. Dominic has joined up with the TEC Canada as a member of their Cybersecurity Speakers Resources. When not bringing cyber goodness to the world, he spends time with his young son, James. And if you follow Dominic on any of his social media platforms, he was genuinely one of the most upbeat, positivity-minded people you will ever meet. Welcome to the show, Dom. Appreciate you being here. John, that is one hell of an intro. I really appreciate the high energy. I mean, maybe a bit of a stretch with the exotic with BC British Columbia, <laughs> but I'll take it. Hey, well, for you know, it's one of those things as us being a kind of a new show, being able to say we've already expanded our reach, you know, is something to brag about. <laughs> Hey, and for those that love snow, that is exotic. You're in an exotic <laughs> location if you like snow. Excellent. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is you, because you do give so many speaking presentations, you know, I've listened to the podcast. I've seen some of the appearances that you've done. Uh, kind of what is the, generally speaking, the makeup of the audience? You know, we're trying to spread the message to business leaders to try to get them more invested in the risk management side of the business, obviously the cybersecurity side, and get them more involved, which has been a struggle for years. Um, with, with you going around and having a, a good platform for that, are you seeing a lot of investment from other business leaders or are we still kind of in that echo echo chamber area? It, it, it's definitely getting better with each passing year. Uh, John, you know, it, it's it's still nowhere near the level of engagement that it should be. Uh, but I mean, as, as we, we, we see with each passing year, I mean, cybersecurity stories are starting to dominate um, you know, the mainstream news channels. And uh, so, I mean, it's definitely better than it was a few years ago as a 
security practitioner, is it where I would like it to be? No, <laughs> uh, but I, I do think like, so we're well in that maturity curve and um, like, especially with things like ransomware and just how it's running rampant in the small and mid-sized business community in, in Canada, US and, and the world. Um, the, the, this, it's at least bringing cyber risk management to light uh, and more and more uh, organizations are recognizing that they do need to take it seriously, that it's not just a uh, fly-by-night risk or that it's a, you know, it won't affect us thing. Uh, it's real and that they need to take it seriously. Uh, I'll, I'll pick you back or go ahead. Go ahead, AJ. Well, I, I was just going to ask, I, I know that, um, you know, in, in the bio that, that John read off that you do a lot to help startups in the cybersecurity space. Um, so whenever you're having those conversations with them in the startup space, you know, what are their big concerns or do they even have a big concern? I know from my perspective, so uh, we, we run a cybersecurity shop down here uh, in, in Ohio and we do some some active uh, monitoring of networks and things of that nature through our SOC. And so one of the biggest challenges that we always have is talking when we're talking to uh, business leaders that are outside of regulated industries, um, you know, getting them to understand the risk has always been a challenge. I was just curious if you see the same challenge in your space as well. Yeah, that's a good question, AJ. You know, more and more, um, what we're seeing is a, sort of a, a change in narrative and a narrative that we've tried to change as well, because, you know, the just focusing overtly on the threats, overtly on the risks, it, it in regulated spaces, like you mentioned there, that, that lands that narrative, but it somewhat misses the boat with non-regulated uh, organizations. And uh, what we've seen and where we've tried to change the narrative is more so along the lines of uh, vendor risk management and supply chain risk management. And what we're seeing um, as well is, you know, let's say you are a startup company or you're a, a company that sells a widget. Let's say you're company A and you're competitor company B, you both sell the same widget. If you're trying to sell that widget or platform to big company X, more and more we're seeing big company X taking third-party risk management or vendor risk management more seriously. So they're going to be going more often than not with vendors that are able to quickly demonstrate their cybersecurity capabilities. So now that has more of a business narrative to it more so than a, a, a risk narrative to it. So we're seeing that, like I said, in spaces, especially with B2B organizations where um, they are at a risk of losing out on these um, contracts for clients or customers. Um, and we're seeing it and weaving that narrative around you're losing business opportunities by not taking it seriously or not ingraining it in your company's DNA. So that's an interesting trend that, like, like I said, I think we've seen emerge over the past I want to say 18 to 24 months. And we're, see, we're, we're trying to have more of a focus on that because that resonates more with like, especially B2B organizations in, in non-regulated spaces. Are you finding that conversation surprising to some of those startups that are so focused in on whatever their product or widget or whatever it is that they may be doing? Is that kind of catching them off guard being that that may not have been a talking point in the past? It. That's a good question, John. You know, I, I'd say where they're caught off guard is when um, one of their customers or clients throws up those security <laughs> barriers and say, hey, right. you know what? we love your product, we love your platform or widget, but before this goes any further, we need to do um, you know, our, our vendor risk management uh, assessment oh. on, on you. And I kid you not, we have had organizations reach out to us saying, you know, we're about to land the biggest contract in our organization's history 
but we're not going to get it because our security sucks. You know, can you help <laughs> us build it in a week and a half? That's when the hold my beer. And as as good as good as I like to think I am, at least in my own mind, I'm not. We're not miracle workers, you know. And uh, yeah. as you, as both of you know, I mean, security is is an ongoing journey. It's not just a upgrade. And- so as these companies are going through the the process, and and they're having these larger corporations that are are ready to give them large contracts if you know the the cybersecurity standards kind of get up to snuff whether to whatever to whatever protocol or policy base you want to measure them against how hard is it for these companies um, to do an entire cultural shift within the organization because it can't just as you know it's not just the tech team it's not just you know you as an outside vendor maybe taking up some of the load for them this is an across the board type of mentality as well as you know policies and procedures how hard is that how hard is that for these for these guys to get on board and not just say they checked a box but no kidding actually be able to implement that if that big that that big supply chain partner comes in and says okay you told us you did it prove it show me yeah you know it, it it's it really depends on uh, you know on the motivation. <laughs> I'm going to put money, put dollar that bills, way, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Of, of the of of the organization. You know, um, we we work with organizations where um, you know they're extremely motivated, whether it's because of an external contract or you know, because of a key 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 client requirement or, or customer requirement. They, they they move swiftly. We've had others who bring us in just to go through the motions or just to say that they've had, they've had a third party come in. Um, and we've had everything in between, you know, but, um, so I, I, I do think that it is possible, but and I say it, it goes back to the, the tone at the top, right? If the owner, CEO, CFO, COO, if they're not engaged with us and, and showcasing to everyone in the company that this is serious and they want, want to do this right, um, it's not going to happen, you know, and, and that's true, whether it's security or any other cultural change. No, I, I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, especially whenever you, you look at it, you know, from my perspective, and uh, I know John and I, we've talked about a lot as well, you know, when it comes to cybersecurity um, or managing the digital risk for a business, as, as I like to put it, um, a lot of it comes down to your, your people, your policies and your culture. Um, you know, the other half of the coin is the technology piece, but people put so much emphasis on the technology piece. That I think they neglect the, the people, the culture and the policies and processes that are, that you have internally within an organization. And so getting to change that, like you said before, you can't change that on a dime. I mean, that's something that, uh, you have to work on. Sure. You can put the policies in place, but getting the culture to, to shift, that, that's more of a, a, of a task and sometimes an uphill battle if you don't have buy-in from the top down absolutely and and again it's it's that um like you're saying there you know it's 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 that top-down um approach uh because ultimately you know if if for lack of a better term frontline people don't see the ceo meaning it or they're wanting to embrace it then why should they that's true for for anyone everyone looks up to the leader for all your years that's shifting gears a little bit is there is there anything that's got you more concerned as we go into 2022 and is there anything that's got you like feeling positive that hey we we've we've made a lot of progress in this area but now we've got to kind of start maybe shifting focus or really start supporting something else uh, 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 any shifts coming um yeah that's a good question um i'd say i'm i'm extremely um 
say optimistic on something. I don't know. Every, every everything's ever, I don't know. Any, nothing's ever going to be exact every way you want it with this. There's no 100% security, but something that you're like, I'm feeling optimistic about this. <laughs> we're, we're making some headway. Uh, what, uh, what, what I'm feeling optimistic about, I'd say is the overall awareness that cybersecurity and cyber risk is something that's real. And that's something that applies to all organizations. Um, that level of awareness, especially for last year, was at levels you know I'd never seen before, and we're, I'm you know very optimistic that you know, we'll get to a point where every small business, uh, small business business is at least aware of cyber risk um, and and what it means. Um, that awareness piece is is paramount and something that you know we have needed for years in order for us as an organization to, to, to not just survive, but thrive. So, uh, I, I'm very optimistic about that level of awareness. I would agree with that, Dom. Uh, and it's one of the things whenever I'm having conversations with other executives and business owners, it's, it's, you know, I, I tell them, I was like, look, you know, whether you believe it or not, or it doesn't matter. I was like, the risk still exists. I was like, so you're assuming that risk, just whether you realize it or not, it's understanding and being aware of what your risk and what your threats and challenges are. Um, you know, coming from a project management background, I understand that I can't, I, I can't, mitigate every risk out there. Like I, there's no way that I can prevent every single one of them from happening. And so we assume certain levels of risk, but the key is if you're going to assume a risk, at least know that you're assuming it so that you have a response plan should, should that risk actually materialize. And I think that's the big part of the conversation narrative that I've been pushing and trying to push within organizations. Absolutely. No, I, I definitely would echo that a thousand percent, AJ. How are things up? One of the things that we're seeing a shift here for, there's been some recent laws in the, in the United States to, really bolster up uh it you know cybersecurity awareness and doing some evaluations before anything gets you know really implemented a across the board and i know you had mentioned this and i believe it was your uh new year's eve video and that was the school systems uh, my wife's assistant principal uh we got a new uh superintendent of schools which i've recently met and the school systems here in the u.s are getting ready to go under ev eval between CISA. Is that something that's on the the plate in in Canada? Is that something that you're? I don't. Are you? If you're not involved with this, you know, just let me know, or at least aware of this. But are you seeing as not just at federal levels of government, which we have here, but things like that starting to get pushed down into that state and that local community area, which I know firsthand experience are completely completely understaffed and underfunded to be able to support that, but all the time are getting hit with ransomware type attacks. Um, we're definitely seeing similar things here north, um, uh, up north. <laughs> um, you know that, that's definitely a an accurate reflection, especially at the um, you know at, at the city, municipal, smaller uh, local government levels. You know there there's push from uh, federal gov uh, government and pro our provincial governments uh, that these smaller public sector organizations need to do more, that they need to at least be meeting, meeting a minimum baseline when it comes to security. Uh, many of them struggle to meet to meet those basic uh, standards because of uh, staffing shortages, being able to attract top, you know, at least good talent to, to, to fulfill that from a security perspective. Um, so you know, it, it's it's sort of a cat and mouse type game in which you know the there are greater pushes for regulations um, and standards to be met but the being able to achieve that fulfill that is very difficult without the right funds and resources allocated so uh it's somewhat of a strange tug of war and th that we find ourselves in uh, from that perspective but you mentioned school districts as well school districts here are just 
they're ripe for the picking, you know, uh, from a ransomware yep. perspective. They they big target, nice nice and juicy target, and they just don't have the budget or resources to to, to do much. No, I agree, and that's uh, you know some experience that I had had having those conversations. I mean, local community I was part of before. I mean, their measure of success was the more help desk tickets they handled, the better they were. I kid you not, that was their key performance indicator. Um, and to me was insane. And and I look at this and go, you know, these are, you talk about the easy picking, easy fruits. We actually, AJ and I did an article review of this uh, uh, last week where, you know, educational institutions were one of the first areas, you know, the, the lowest barrier of entry and that's had the biggest attacks that were going against them. And are, are you seeing where actually not just sitting there dictating policies, you must do X, Y, and Z, but that there's like people are putting money where their mouth is. We're actually going to get the resources of this versus making everybody kind of figure out a way to absorb the cost. And then you're just going to have shoddy security, shoddy practices in there anyway, because people are going to look for shortcuts. Well, I, th I think we're getting to that point where I think budgets and resources are being allocated, you know, uh, uh, more and more of the smaller municipalities and cities and towns here are, are doing more. They're, they're, they're spending more on, on security, recognizing it's something that they need to do. Um, uh, and it's not just a, a, a nice to have. So I'm definitely seeing it trending in, in, in that direction. Is it moving as quickly as you know, we would like to see it move in terms of you know the level of risk? No, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but it's moving as fast as it can from a public perspective, from a public sector perspective, it's, it's moving pretty fast. And, you know, um, the public sector is, is known to be slow. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> hey, Dom, I've, I've got a question for you. So, you know, for, for the people that are going to be tuning into this, you know, our, our target demographic are uh, business executives and leaders that, you know, understand that they may have some holes or some weaknesses when it comes to their cybersecurity strategy. And so for, for those guys that, you know, want to start taking control of their cybersecurity for their organization, where would you recommend or what would you, where would you encourage them to start at? Oh gosh. Um, yeah, that, that, that's a good, good, good question. I mean, when we're talking about, and uh, let me know if I, I'm misinterpreting the question, but I mean, from, from a starting point, when that, when we're, when we're talking to executives and, and owners, you know, when we're talking about, you know, what does that starting point look like? Um, I always go back and say, you know what, start from a data centric perspective. You as a, as a business owner, you as an executive, can you answer these, these, these questions? You know, do you know what the most important data to your business is? And by important, I mean, what is the stuff that makes your business tick? What's the data that allows you to fulfill your organization's mission day in and day out? Um, uh, you know, do you know where that data is? Do you know who has access to, uh, to that? If you can't accurately answer those starting questions, then that's a worry, worrisome trend. The next thing I would say is you as a business owner or executive, uh, if, um, if you were to lose access to that data for an hour, two hours, six hours, what would that mean to your business? Um, you know, at what point would you be screaming uncle or be willing to pay a ransom to regain access to that data? These are again, fairly level-headed questions, fairly simplistic questions that most executives can't answer. Or if you were to get a bunch of executives from the same company in the same room and ask them those questions, you get a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of different, different answers. answers. <laughs> I agree. Yep. I think that's yeah. something we all can agree on. I've seen that before. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and I think, you know, you, you, you hit on something that I talk about frequently, which is, you know, 
criminals aren't after your computers. They're after your, your information, your financials, your intellectual property, your client data, your employee data, and understanding where that exists, who has access to it, um, and can you identify as soon as something has gone wrong, how quickly can you identify that somebody's accessed it or done something to it uh, you know, that they shouldn't have? How quickly can you detect it and how quickly can you respond? And that's, to me, that, that's cybersecurity in its essence and, and risk management at its essence is understanding what is most important to you, your valuables when it comes to the information that you help, that you have in your, in your possession, and then what are you doing to protect that? And so, yeah, I agree completely with where you're starting at. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's the right mindset mindset to have, AJ. That 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 I think is it gives us as security practitioners a fighter's chance. I think in in, in making security resonate and cyber risk management resonate uh, at the non technical uh, business executive level. So with, with some of this, I mean, you're like I said, you're you're extremely upbeat. You have positive mindset. It's that it's that great forward looking you know mentality. How can we make where when like risk management or cybersecurity itself to be more, I don't want to use the term entertaining, but not where it feels like we're using a, you know, the sledgehammer, you know, because when you start getting again into some of the echo chambers of other security practitioners, it's you got to do this and this and this and this and this, but make it more approachable to, to people. Have you found a message that really resonates outside of, again, somebody twisting your arm to, to make something happen? Yeah, you know, it, 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 I'd say it, there's, there's different messages again, depending on who we're talking to. You know, if we're talking to the a board as an example, talking about liability, talking about that you as a board, if something happens, if there's a data breach and you are unable to demonstrate that as a board, you are exercising, um, the right oversight and guidance in terms of the cybersecurity strategy, you know, you could be held personally liable, right? When you, that type of talk resonates with a very non-engaged board around cybersecurity, right? When you start talking about, you know, taking their yacht away, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they start paying attention, right? So um, it, uh, it, 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 again, it really does depend on the audience, you know? Um, and again, sometimes I, depending on the level of engagement, I have to dig deeper into the, into the fear bucket. Do I like dipping sure. into that? No, not really, but sometimes it's warranted. Uh, uh, other times, you know, it's talking about it from a lost business perspective, like we were talking about earlier. Other times it's talking about it from uh, a, a risk management perspective. Again, it just depends on the executive and the type of person that we're talking to. You know, people who are more understand risk management, when you frame it from a risk perspective, it, it, it resonates with them. The thing that I know doesn't work and never works is talking about how many you know, uh, connections were blocked by the firewall. (laughs) That never works. Big numbers don't Uh, impress, I guess, unless it's dollar bills. (laughs) That's right. Have you seen, I know earlier in the conversation, you had mentioned, you know, kind of using the opportunity of, hey, if you've got these security things in place that it's looked upon more favorably from bigger organizations. Um, has that message been resonating well uh, as you guys have been pushing that out into the market? Yeah, uh, more so with, with the B, with B2B organizations. Gotcha. You know, uh, that are not regulated. It, it, that That is, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's definitely, like I said, you know, cause when they see it as lost business um, or as a competitive advantage, you know, over maybe the competitors who aren't taking security seriously, it definitely resonates. Um, 
oddly enough, we're still really struggling with a lot of professional service organizations like accounting mm -hmm. firms and law firms who think that, you know, we're, we're doing enough or our clients don't really care about it. We're, we're doing what the law says kind of thing. Um, you know, lawyers are a very difficult bunch to, 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 to convince to take it more seriously, especially some of the smaller law firms. So um, there are some sectors that are, are harder to, um, to motivate than others. I was going to say, I'd throw in doctor's practices in there with some conversations I had with them here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't interrupt my workflow. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> uh, but at least with doctors and medical offices, you've got HIPAA that you can lean back on. And so um, it, it's tough in the non-regulated I got some doctors to in introduce you to them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that they're right, but but it, it, is a, it is a different conversation where you can go to a statute and say, hey, this is what they're looking for. And if you, if you don't have this, then this is the penalty. Uh, when you're dealing with a non-regulated industry uh, and business, you know, you don't have that to point back to. So it's, it's coming up with creative ways to get them to engage and to get them to think and get them to buy into why investing in cybersecurity or digital risk management, why, why it, not only is it good to do, but it's, it's the best thing that they can do for their business as it stands right now, especially as we continue to lean more and more on technology within our day-to-day -day operations and, and our lives. Don, as we, uh, we start to wrap up here, why don't you tell us a little bit about the, uh, the show you, that you run, Cybersecurity Matters. Uh, where people can find it, who it's aimed for, and the type of guests that you're at. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I appreciate that, uh, John. Uh, um, Cybersecurity Matters was started, uh, I want to say, a little over two years ago. I think we started just before the pandemic. And uh, again, it, it was a great time. The before times. Started to, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The simpler times. Um, and uh, we, we, we started it uh, to really focus again on the the why you know as the title suggests we were trying to focus on why does cybersecurity matter you know when bringing in uh the various people from the security industry to break that down again for for a non-technical audience again trying to really hit home with the small and mid-sized business executives and and business owners and over time that that morphed and we we, we brought in other non-technical non-security people just to talk about other uh, topics that people were interested um, around, you know, things like branding and marketing and um, uh, PR. So it, uh, the, it's been interesting to see how there's some, how cybersecurity is something that actually touches a lot of aspects within, yep. uh, in a company. You know, I think it's, 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 uh, it's interesting to see the dynamics as, as well. So uh, we've been, we've been able to, to morph and shape it over the, like I said, the past hundred, hundred plus uh, episodes. Um, so for, for your viewers and listeners who want to check it out, uh, do check out cybersecurity matters on your favorite podcasting, uh, platform. Uh, we haven't made an ultimatum yet to Spotify, uh, but, um, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see if we do that in, 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 in a short time, but, uh, uh, we are still on Spotify for the time being, uh, or if you just want to, if you want to see it, uh, our YouTube channel, um, just uh, go to YouTube and it's Cybersecurity Matters uh, podcast and that'll, that'll pop up. Yeah. There. And we'll have for everybody listening, we'll make sure to have all the links uh, in the description below, as well as if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll actually see some screenshots uh, of the information as well. Uh, if people want to reach out and connect with you, um, whether it's to you know work with you, potentially be a guest on your show, what's the what's the best way for people to contact you? I appreciate that as well, John. Um, uh, I'd say the best ways one is if you want to connect directly with me, uh, just look up Dominic Vogel on LinkedIn. I spend a ton of time there. That's where I, I hang out. I love meeting new people and starting new friendships. So just look me up and uh, feel free to connect and. 
let me know that you uh, heard me on the show and I'll be sure to, uh, to, to respond. Uh, or you can uh, reach out via the company website, that's cyber.sc, like Santa Claus or South <laughs> Carolina. Um, uh, and you can, there's a uh, contact piece there and that'll, that'll come eventually, eventually. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> awesome. Well, we, we greatly uh, appreciate your time today. AJ, any, any last Absolutely. thoughts or comments for, uh, for Dom? No, I, I appreciate the time and your insight. Um, and it's good to, to hear others out there that have similar viewpoints as we do when it comes to the importance of cybersecurity, digital risk management, and just the, the overall way that we try to go about educating people. So it's been, it's been great having you on. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you both. That was a really awesome conversation. Really, really enjoyed it. And everybody, uh, you just listened to Dominic Vogel. Awesome, awesome person. Please reach out. And until the next one, AJ, we'll see you next time.